Hey guys, I don't know if we uh, picked up the beginning of what we were discussing, but I'm here with uh, Eric DeGear. We were going to talk about technology uh, in the massage industry, and that technology is making me increasingly irritated because I can't figure out how to do <laughs> everything that I want to do. Um, we're going to talk about uh, technology in the industry. Uh, Eric, can you give them a little bit of information about you and like your background and... Um, Sure. How things are? Yeah, so I've been, my name is Eric DeGear. I've been a massage therapist for almost 11 years now, uh, since 2010. And I uh, worked for some other businesses at the first part and started working for myself. Lately, um, over the past couple of years, I've been coaching other massage therapists. Uh, I run a group, which you can see below, it's the Happy Successful Massage Therapist on Facebook. Uh, which you can check out for free videos. And, um, it's a free, cool little community where we have a lot of discussions and uh, just talk about how to be happy and successful yeah. as a therapist. Yeah. So how did you um, come to contact me to want to talk about technology specifically? So I saw some of your other uh, videos on YouTube, and I listened to some of your, like with uh, Rachel uh, Fighter. And I listened to some of your podcasts, like the one with the, like the one with UK Roach. Um, so I just I liked your your approach and your hosting style, um, and wanted to be on it. So sure. So um, when you contacted me, I didn't know like who you were offhand. I may have run across the uh, the Facebook group before, um, mm -hmm. but every time I talk to people, it can be you know wildly disparate the sort of conversations we have. I was actually pretty excited when you told me you wanted to talk about tech and um, massage therapy and like how it's influencing our industry. Uh, what did you want to kick off in like discussions about that? So there's a couple uh, couple hot button issues that I think that I'd like to talk about. Um, some of them, you know, raise the hair on the back of massage therapist's necks when you bring them up. Uh, one is about uh, robotics. I love studying about the future and like the professions and how uh, automation is really taking over a lot of different industries. Um, and of course, people will feel threatened uh, by that. And they're like, oh, no, my profession is, is immune to that. My profession is immune. Um, but you know, I want to question what parts of massage therapy are immune, you know, because we need to take a realistic look at that. Um, another one is technology integration. So like massage guns or uh, different other types of massage devices, or you know, even something like hydraulic tables, I think are interesting to see how it integrates with you know, this basic, well, you know, it can be as basic as you want it, basic skill of massage, you know, human-to-human -human connection. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how that our world is changing in that regard. So I, I think what I'm hearing from you is you have a tendency to want to adapt and embrace technology. Do you think that the rest of the industry does not? I think, I think I want to embrace technology uh, for what it's good for and understand what it's good for in regards to self-care and not, you know, be some sort of Luddite and say, no, technology is useless with massage. I think that there's applications where it is super useful. Um, and I definitely want to integrate those into my business. Um, and so, yeah, there are people I know who would be against that or wouldn't want to hear about that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know your personal opinion on 
I mean, I think some of the most innovative things in the past, I've been a therapist for about 18 years. Some of the most innovative things I've seen in the massage industry are all technology related. So being able to have an app like Soothe and Zeal, um, being able to have online scheduling, I think those things are probably the most innovative things that have come in our industry. And for the most part, not done, not created by massage therapists. Massage therapists are brick and mortar, tangible, working on people, hands-on sort of artists who are often starving. And I think they resist the technology because they kind of want to have this job where they connect with people. Whereas increasingly, I'm making TikTok videos <laughs> and connecting with people on some weird digital scale that didn't exist. I mean, I tell people regularly, I have to remind myself, I'm teaching online, and I didn't use the internet until 1995. Like my generation, I'm 43, I saw the internet evolve, and I went, nobody would ever put a credit card on a computer, right? Like that's, somebody's going to steal your stuff. I was wrong. <laughs> like, I mean, I, don't, I just couldn't have predicted as a kid playing Atari that we'd wind up where we are now. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that I like about your style is that you are adaptive as well. Because I was even looking at some of your, you know, time massage videos or PDFs, and you've got, you know, this nice integration, uh, especially, you know, look at the whole COVID situation, which how technology has been brought to the forefront as, like, this is very important for people's, you know, financial survival in some circumstances. Yeah. Um, being able to adapt and switch to that. Um, I mean... Even if we have a physical, tangible business and people come see us and we're just selling sessions to clients, having a digital interface so that they can connect with you is increasingly important. A good website, decent SEO, videos up showing you who you are, they get to see your face, they get to hear your voice, connect with you, decide if it's something they're interested in. You get to demonstrate your sp specific passions, stand out in the marketplace, and if you're lucky, you have online scheduling where they can just click a button and schedule at two o'clock in the morning. No phone call necessary. That is yeah. pivotally, pivotally different than like 1985 opening up the phone book to find a massage therapist at AAA Massage mm -hmm. to call them, making sure it's in yeah. business hours to try to book a session. Yeah, and it's much more accessible and the niche is much more important because it people are able to discover, you know, someone who uh, works on clients with Hashimoto's disease. Uh, you know, one of my clients was just recently talking about a uh, client of theirs that had that, and, but they love working on this client and they'd love to work on more people um, who either suffer from this ailment or something similar. Um, and it's easier for client, uh, for, for massage therapists to discover clients of that same uh, nature as well. So it's it's a two-way street yeah. as far as the information goes. Yeah. But uh, I think another another direction, because like the, the automation as far as the um, automatic appointments or the you know the, the online appointments where you can sign up or things like that have have snuck in and no one no one's worried about that part of it. Um, the part I think that gets people a little bit worried is like, and they of course don't want to admit it, is the, the idea of massage, like a robot basically doing a massage instead of a human. Yeah. 
And that, like, the intrinsic gut-level response for therapists is that, no, like, a robot will never replace it. Yeah. And that was mine at first, but then I thought about it, and I was like, is that just a personal thing for me? Um, and I think part of it is, I think there's some level where, uh, you know, the people will be able to be helped by some sort of machine. Like, if they could have a self-care machine at home that yeah. helps them, uh, you know, with... with Stretching or with uh, kind of like massage guns do. Um, massage guns, I let them. I got my mom one. I use one in my business. Um, in fact, I even got a. Uh, um, it's like a random orbit polisher buffer. <laughs> you can see it in some of my videos. Yeah. I use it. It's uh, it's like made for automotive use, but it was actually rated like one of the top massage therapist tools of 2019. And it's it looks like a buffer, but if you use it on someone's backpack, it's fantastic for working on the glutes and, and the shoulders. And I, back. Yeah, I don't get the sense that massage therapists are opposed to supplementation. I think there mm -hmm. is a fear of our industry being eaten by AI and robotics. And, man, I, okay, so I was excited to have this conversation with you. One, I'm yeah. hoping that the technology is doing what it's supposed to do with our video interface. It looks like it's being kind of weird, but I'm not quite sure. And I'm... Again, I'm learning how to do this on the fly. So if it doesn't yeah. ca capture the video, we're at least going to have the audio and it'll live forever. But <laughs> the deal was um, you mentioned the word Luddite. And I can't express to you how excited I got because most people are like, what, a Luddite? And what, what is that? And I'm like, oh, a Luddite is someone who fights technology. The, the Unabomber, although he was violent, was a Luddite. He, he eschewed mm -hmm. technology generally. So yep. I was in a place many, many moons ago I did not think I could teach online. I was a broke massage therapist trying to build my business. And I ran across two different trains of thought. One was a gentleman named Derek Jensen, who is an anarcho-primitivist. So you take what the Unabomber did in moving away from society. Derek Jensen essentially wants us to go just shy of blowing up the dams and letting the salmon go free. Now, he's not, he's not promoting violence, by the way. I want to be very clear about that. He's not going to that level that the Unabomber did. But he basically wants humans to go back to being hunter-gatherers. Make some poignant, um, logical reason. But let me uh, check and see. Do, 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 do. It did reconnect. And why has it changed? the size of my screen but we're going to resize this one second why did it do that okay. is it still is it still going yeah it still going? yeah it's still going do, 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 do. all right and we may be even better than before they might be able to see all of us no cool do 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 let's uh yeah i don't know Let's see here. Screen size. Nope. I don't know why it's doing that. I'm very confused. Let's see here. Go back in. Oh, my life. This is why I understand the Unibomber. <laughs> I understand. I totally understand his frustration. I'm being serious about that. I understand wanting to go live in a shack in the woods, 
just use a typewriter, write a manifesto. <laughs> it's like, um, I think there are reasons that people, you know, don't like certain things in a position where you can, I was saying, which is Ray Kurzweil wrote a book called The Singularity is Near. I wrote, I read four or five of his books along with reading some of Derek Jensen's work. So I'm a philosophy student. Remember this? I'm a, I'm a big fan of debate. And I basically let Derek Jensen and Ray Kurzweil fight it out in my mind. And here's what happened. When, when I first saw internet technology, we're talking, you're talking about a person who had access to paper encyclopedias as a kid that were outdated. All of a sudden, I had access to like Yahoo mm -hmm. search. This is way before Google, by the way. This is 1995 at LSU's library. And I went, wow, you can just look up like anything? And I just started searching for anything related to whatever I was interested in. And then later, these came out. And when these started to come out, I would get irritated because you could go to a party around LSU and you couldn't talk to someone because they were on their phone. And I'm like, man, why can't you just put the damn phone away? But here's what I didn't see. The phone is a small computer that still has the same access to the internet. You know, adults are complaining about TikTok. And this is what Ray Kurzweil essentially says. And if you're listening to this, I think this is important. This technology gets smaller. It gets more compact. And eventually, Google Maps lives inside you. Wikipedia is inside you. All of that information that we use every day gets smaller, more compact, more powerful, eats mm. more pieces of our industry. Now, Ray Kurzweil describes it because he has to extrapolate. He's a futurist. He predicted that Deep Blue would beat, was it Gary Kasparov playing poker? Anyway, not poker, playing chess. Like, he, he predicted some major hurdles where, like, there's a next one where, like, the, if the computer can beat pro poker players, if the, if the computer can figure out bluffing, yeah. if the computer can figure out the statistics and, and whatever to, like, do it, right? So they had the, the computer played on Jeopardy. Did you see that, yeah. by the way? Did you see the, the, the computer play on Jeopardy and win? Uh, I don't think I saw, I think I saw maybe a clip of that or something. You, you, want to you want to know stuff about AI? Okay, how does a computer understand a pun? I, I don't know. I have, I have no, like, I literally sat there slack-jawed and the computer just decimated the competition. The difference is, so, if you look I, at the Matrix, and you look at the Terminator series, the AI goes berserk and at, 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 attacks humans, right? It's mm -hmm. a dystopia. Yep. Oops. The technology gets smaller, more compact, more powerful, and humanity merges with the machines. That's how it happens. Yeah. Start asking, and I'll say this just before I give you the floor again, because this is really exciting to me. People think, you know, like society's going to break down. So let's say we had AI. We had robots from Boston Dynamics that could give a massage as good as we do. One, I want one. Two, if robots can do that, there is no need for humans to do physical labor ever again. Unless we want to. 
Make sense? Yeah. Yep. Sorry, but it kind of was splotchy there. Speaking of technology. Oh, well, it, it's improving. <laughs> <laughs> at a remarkable rate, even with our mess ups, even with flubs, yep. like this is still way better yep. than what we used to be able to do. Great. Yeah. So with uh, it was interesting that you mentioned the deep blue and playing poker. Um, I heard the the chess playing with deep blue. Um, one of the interesting things that they found is that the computer playing chess beat the human players, but when they combined the powers of the human and a master chess program like Deep Blue, it beat even the computers. Yeah. So the combination of human and computer technology beat both humans and computers. Yeah. So that's just fascinating to me because that's what I'm seeing the integration of with massage. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to reveal all the ideas I have for that and what that would look like. So it's a business so that I've we have a, an exosuit. And our exosuit allows us to effortlessly distribute like pinky pressure at some guy's suboccipitals <laughs> using AI that like fires into his nervous system to figure out like pressure level or something. Like it's very hard when you read Rick Kurzweil's work. The reason I mentioned the way I did about this is people are pretty, pretty comfortable with this technology at this point. It becomes more compact, it becomes smaller, and eventually it's inside you. Nobody gets mad at anybody because they've got a pacemaker. Hold on, i got to open the door for somebody real quick. Just one second. Okay. Oh, there we go. So... What I tend to do is take that incremental incremental steps, and I I turned from someone who was a Luddite, remember? And then here's what, what really shifted for me. Um, I was very, at that time, into composting um, and organic gardening. This was not something I had grown up in in my family. I just read internet forums. I mean, I lived... I found a forum for vermicomposting with worms. Like, I might as well have a PhD in vermicomposting at this point from all the information I read, the, all these hobbyists, right? And then it was like my, my ethos was back to the land. Long-haired hippie. People are disconnected from the earth. And I'm like, Robert, you learned everything you know about organic gardening, everything you know about heirloom vegetables, and everything you know about composting from the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comes full circle. Yeah. The irony. That's funny. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, look at even what we do. Uh, you know, you with your classes and podcasts, me with, you know, the group or coaching, it, it wouldn't be possible on the same level without some type of integration of technology. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that there isn't, um, you know, of course, that original element to massage, that human-to-human connection will always be there. And yeah. I think we talked about that before when we talked about it on the phone, uh, is that that is going to become more valuable. So take heart, fellow massage therapists. Like, that's going to become something that is more and more valuable is that service yeah. of uh, human connection, especially, especially, and I can't help but think of this every time I do massage, is that neither of us are on our phones. You know, we are 
connecting, you know, they're, you know, in this awesome massage zone usually, or we're having this really engaging conversation, but it's, it's being present. It comes back to, you know, that kind of Buddhist ideal of being in the now, being in the present, um, which a lot of times technology does take us away from. Uh, it can enhance the experience. Technology is just a tool. Yeah. Um, but just like any tool, you know, you can hit yourself on the hand with a hammer and hurt yourself just as much as using it to build something incredibly awesome. So uh, I think that, well, that's... I, I think technology is a net positive. I, I disagree with Derek Jensen, and I will continue reading his books, by the way, because I'm very interested in his thinking and, and like, even questioning... And that's the philosophy student, both sides. I really look at both sides, yep. even my opponent, if you will, yep. to try to figure yeah, these things out. Who, who says, hey, we got to get rid of the internet and go back to just the printing press? Who says that? Hmm. I mean, I ask people all the time. They, they, compl- they complain about social media, massage therapists in particular. It's like, oh, it's so time-consuming. I'm like, what would Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., and Benjamin Franklin, and Thomas Jefferson have done with Twitter? But you have global communication at your fingertips, and here's what they complain about. Oh, it's hard to build a business. (laughs) Yep. So I find that technology facilitates the part that massage therapists like, which is the human-human connection. It creates opportunities for more of that. And, um, you know, if somebody doesn't like posting on social media, if somebody doesn't like doing that and they're working with me in my business, um, I want them to learn the basics, of course, but if it's definitely not something that's their forte, I'd rather have them focus on what they're good good at. Yeah. Um, And I think for a lot of them, especially in the massage therapist industry, you're right, there's there's people with a lot of heart, like not often a lot of head. a lot of heart, which is great. Like, that's what you'd want. You'd want somebody aesthetic. You'd want somebody working that. Is heart on steroids globally? <laughs> and that's what I don't understand. Like, everything you want to do, it's like, okay, so you get a therapist here in Austin. They don't want to make video content because they're like, oh, somebody, somebody will like my Facebook page from, like, New York, and they can't be a client. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, people vacation, man. Having a following from people in other states or countries is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's great. I think that my philosophy is there's so many ways to make money that you should focus on what you do well and what's natural for you and what, what integrates well with your authentic self. And if that connects with you with someone who's international and you can help them and increase your value and increase their value because of it, um, then that's fantastic. Like yeah. you don't, that's the beauty of technology. I can reach someone across the world and have this awesome conversation with someone in Australia or China and, uh, you know, learn, learn what it is. Like the specifics are different for massage therapy around the world, but the, the overall general... Uh, you know, retaining clients or uh, creating a business are pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, showing up and being authentic. Yeah, people will ask me occasionally, um, students in classes, uh, do I have business cards? And I go, huh? Like, 
do what do you use? And they're like, oh, you mean like on social media? And I'm like, well, I use Facebook. Okay, well, I've got a Facebook page. They're like, oh, I use Instagram. Okay, well, follow me on Instagram. Like, you could just write me a message. Like, how did you, and this is technology, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the beginning of the podcast, the screens might be moving around. It might have been your big head instead of me on there. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I, 80% is still plenty good enough. Let's bring Ben Franklin back alive and show Ben what we're doing. And Ben would go, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is way better than the printing. Dude, we used to have to take the individual yeah. characters and stamp it. <laughs> He's going to be like, I Even when it's not working perfectly, it's part of the story. Like, I've purposely on my YouTube channel, uh, if people are watching this on YouTube... You could go back and watch my first YouTube video. You could see how awkward it was. It was it was something, it wasn't nearly as powerful as this phone. It was a flip cam. And that was over 10 years ago. And it's like, it's picked up and we add graphics and we keep adding and making it better and make the video, the audio better, and, you know, on and on and on. It's getting information out to people. And if you're a massage therapist, it means that more people are listening to your message so that you can put your heart on steroids. Heart does yeah. scale. If you if you create good digital supplementation, so like you work as a as a coach, I'm hearing as well. And when you say a coach, is that like a business coach or like doing like exercise? Yep. yep. The second one? Uh, no, like business coach. Business coach, okay. So you, you make little videos that help massage therapists, you put that on your social media. More people are drawn to you, and it means that you can wind up getting more local people just because you're building a following around that. Um, I get a lot of hate mail, and it's like uh, people go, people in the Austin Massage community hate you, and I'm like, huh? Like, dude, I, I give away half of everything I do for free. I've got a subscription service for $7 a month that shows every class I've taught for three years. It's like... The people who hate me, one, have never sat down to dinner with me. And two, they just don't like the fact that we keep releasing video at a furious pace. It's like, if you're a massage therapist who's struggling during COVID and you're horribly frustrated sitting on your couch, how do you feel about seeing my videos keep rolling through your feed? You're like, ah, I don't like that guy. He's abrasive or whatever. But it's like, it's all image. It's just video. That was bad? Yeah. Now I'm curious, like what what the hate mail is about? Because I I guess I'm surprised. Like what what would they have to complain about besides getting a lot of videos? Like there's why not just swipe left? So uh, one, I was a philosophy student, thinking deep thoughts about unemployment before I get hit by a drunk driver. I took all that free thinking and applied it to massage and said, hey, why don't we make the service better? Why don't we make it more sustainable for the therapist, easier on their body? more effective for chronic pain and mobility in the clients, and, wow, we can film and photo document everything. I said, mat base, close on. Women are safer doing what I teach. And basically what it is, it's like Elon Musk, I think, is doing good things in relation to technology. All they see is the Tesla. It's like, it's just this expensive electric car. And I'm like, the Model T Ford, they don't recognize the service as being what they did in school. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. And I think that's yeah. where a lot of the pushback comes from, yep. fundamentally. People don't like change, that's all. 
Interesting. And, and I'm very um, outs- yeah, outspoken. Think, yeah. Yeah, and, and you're an easy target. Like, the line of critics, I saw this picture today, is awesome. It's like, the doers, there's like five of them behind this sign, the doers. Huh. The talkers, there's a, a little bit longer line. The, the critics, you know, the line just goes <laughs> on. It's so easy to sit back and be like, look at these two jackasses talking on here. Like, yeah. I disagree with both of them. They're, you know, yeah. thumbs down. What the What's video, the video sucked. Video it moved the screen. It's not, you know. And I'm like, dude, we're making it better. Like, it's it's fine. Like, we could capture if we yeah, if we finish this evolution. <laughs> if we get this and we've got like five minutes of a video clip, I'm like, we won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. So it's just hey, offering a, di- a different model. Had a good chat. Yeah, just it's, it's, just, it's just offering a different model, and I think that there is a pushback because. You know, well, we didn't learn this this way in school. And I'm like, uh, school? Like, man, you're talking to a guy who was in college in 1995. Like, whew. Like, so you don't, I don't know if you listen to that podcast that I did, but my opinion on the side of the school is not, not very high. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just find, and you know, you see the same thing with colleges. I have, you know, a very strong opinion on universities. I just don't yeah. think that they actually prepare you for what's out there. Uh, they don't prepare you for the real world. They don't prepare you for what's, you know, they don't give you the hard truth. Um, they don't They don't give you the materials or ingredients to succeed as well. It's like you have to hit the ground running. And with massage school, first of all, they didn't teach you a lot of great techniques in my school. But second of all, and this is for the vast majority of massage schools, as I understand, like they don't teach business that well. Um, you know, so it's just the hard truth of it they're not up to date with what you need to be doing as massage therapists. Maybe, they, maybe they'll have you write a little business plan or something like that but yeah honestly they... well okay and here's here's the big change so i'm 43 how old are you eric i'm 30 30 so i go into a massage school the school owner is 60 years old give or take he's he's still teaching the business from the yellow pages and I come in, I'm like, dude, TikTok, like, are you out of your mind? Oh my God, t- you got to be on TikTok. What are you doing? You're crippling these kids. But the thing is, the technology, <laughs> and this is the thing, we're in the middle of this arc. This is the technology. This was, this was Ben Franklin. Thank you, Ben, for figuring out currents in the Atlantic Ocean. We're like right here. It's changing so fast that I can't keep up with it. And I'm a fan. <laughs> It's like, so it's like, it's, it's not only automation, it's like, it's eating industries. Like the fact that the newspaper is basically Twitter and you can write anybody on earth who's on Twitter is like, so, I mean, we just accept it, but we don't really sit back and like, think about it and ponder it and the way that it's changing society as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I wanted to thank whoever is listening to this right now, like, you know, we've been talking for quite a while, and if you're still listening, you have so many other options of things to listen to. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, tells you to turn us off, but they, uh, there's so much out there. It's like a fire hydrant. It's a fire hydrant of information if you open it up. And that's why today and nowadays it is so valuable to be a curator, to be a curator of information, of people. Like, think about your show. You're curating people. You're filtering out a lot, and you're picking out specific people as voices to be heard on your channel. Um, and that's so valuable. 
it's so valuable to be picking out ideas or concepts or something like that, like the museum curator picking out different art pieces and putting them on display. Um, and that's a valuable skill nowadays, uh, is integrating all those different, like even for massage therapists, integrating different techniques that have already been invented. You're curating a, a masterpiece that is your massage and displaying it to someone in a tactile manner rather than something visual, like, like a museum art piece. Um, and that's what that's what it's all about. That's what the whole, um, I don't know, kind of artist part of being a massage therapist is about. Is curating my my biggest critique is the public. So, okay, one, how many people with any regularity, what percentage of the U.S. population gets a massage regularly? I ask this in classes, trying to get some, like, ideas. 10%? percent Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're less. Okay, so there's 90% of the population we have to educate. Mm -hmm. Massage therapists won't pick this up and use it and educate the public <laughs> and draw clients from that 90%. I hear therapists constantly in Austin go, well, the market, well, this is before COVID. They're like, the market's saturated. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like 100 people a day move here. All of the clients you need just moved to Austin today. <laughs> today. Like you could just you could just go to your social media and say, hey, uh, if you move to Austin within the last six months, I'll give you a free hour if you come come work with me or whatever. I like working with CrossFitters or people in pain or however you, however you sway that. Now you'd have to do the upfront work, but you're leveraging technology and communication with people who just moved to Austin to be able to draw people into your business. That just wasn't available before. Like 90% of the community, they don't really know what we do. That's my biggest gripe with therapists absolutely across the board. When I talk to therapists about making video to try to educate, it doesn't matter if it's podcasts, doesn't matter if it's TikToks or YouTube or Facebook or photos or blog posts or anything, is they're afraid of people's judgment. That's what I hear repeatedly. They're like, oh, but if I make video, I'm like, oh, you're going to get reported to the state massage board like I do? <laughs> It's like, didn't do anything illegal, but the thing is, it's like, I am, I'm loud. I make a lot of video. I have opinions. And when people get angry about something you said that doesn't conform to their sense of how the world should be, you know, they're like, it's other massage therapists. That's what I find so interesting. Massage therapists who put out information and content, they're afraid of judgment, but here's where the judgment comes from. Other massage therapists. Yep. Yeah, you're the competition. You know, it's like uh, any for any species in the wild, where are they going to get the most competition from? It's not the, the for the antelope; they don't have to worry about the lions. Even. Yeah. They have to worry about the other antelope running faster than them. Uh, you know, it's it's always a competition within the herd. Yeah. Um, so for but for massage therapists, like it's it's easier and better when you start working with other therapists. When you start working with and networking with, because Everyone's got a different style. Like, honestly, if somebody sees me one week and then they go see somebody else the other week and they're like, hey, I like their style. I'm like, that's great. Like, we both have different styles or we have some styles that complement each other. Yeah. Like, I want to encourage people to try other therapists, mostly so they can see how great my massage is. But Yeah, from a technological uh, standpoint, I would, you know, for, for all the flack that I do get, um, a therapist would ask me in class, 
you know, how do I make video? And I'd go, and they're like, oh, but I have to buy like an expensive camera. And I'm like, no, I think you should start with your phone. And then they would kind of grill me. And I'm like, listen, I've got a DSLR camera and a lavalier microphone. I can be your cameraman. I'll help you produce any of the video you need. Now, how many massage therapists in Austin contact me and say, let's get to work? Nope. Very, very few. Zero? Very few. Because they're using this as an excuse. They're using, oh, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> well, it's also it's also the public perception. So the fear of public speaking is actually ranked higher than death for people in like in studies that they've done. Like, now, people do not want rejection from the tribe. They do not want to be rejected because back I do. in the day, I love it. Hardwired into our brain, it means I love death. It. <laughs> it means death so, but like, that, that that's what I thrive on. People yeah. are not interested in truth. That's a secondary consideration. I was a philosophy mm -hmm. student. That's not a secondary consideration to me. Being rejected, and I do this all the time, Socrates was killed for corrupting the youth. Jesus was killed pretty much for the same thing. Hey, watch out. You know what I what I love about philosophy, and I took a philosophy course, like one of the one, first ones I took, the philosophy teacher was like, you know what's great about philosophy? He's like, once it's, it, he says philosophy is great because once we've figured it out, it's not philosophy anymore. It's math, it's science, <laughs> it's, you know, it's all these other hard, you know, solid facts that once were philosophy. Like the point of philosophy is that it is ambiguous that it is something that can be discussed because once it's not it's not philosophy anymore. yeah so we talked about Kurzweil there's a gentleman named E.O. Wilson who is Darwin's heir okay so he's a biologist he specializes in ants I found a book at a library years ago called Consilience the unity of knowledge and I was like man what is I read his book on evolutionary theory or whatever like what is this and I went in and read the book, and essentially what he said is, is like, when you go to politics and religion, controversial, because there aren't enough data points to be able to make it science yet. Now, what happens when our known field of knowledge grows until all other fields of knowledge are connected? So chemistry is connected to physics, and physics is connected to history, and history is connected to English. But there are no more gaps anymore. Consilience, the unity of knowledge. I was like, wow. Like, people, like, I would walk at LSU in the quad and go from, like, the physics building to, like, the geology building. And I'm like, people think these are separate disciplines? I'm like, no, nah, bro, interdisciplinary studies. This shit connects. This, this is a totality. We live in a single moment. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of crossover. I was a psychology student myself, uh, or a psychology major, but um, I was that because I first thought, oh, that's you know, that's a great integration with massage because you know, there's the body, there's the physical, and there's the mental, and they're both opposite. Um, you know, it'd be great to learn both. And actually, there's a huge, huge integration between the two, and I love it. I love how there's so much, you know, whatever. Whatever I study outside of massage, I can use back into massage. Um, 
and just like even coaching, like all the all the coaching stuff. That was something I was doing long before I started doing it officially. I was, you know, talking with people on the table um, and just figuring stuff out with them. Uh, solving problems. Solving problems is what every job kind of comes down to. Uh, just the problems usually are different and uh, the tools are different to solve them. Fundamentally, I know that what I'm teaching, I'm giving students more tools, but I give them so many tools that go, they go from being a boxer trained in boxing in school to doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu on a mat with somebody clothed. And they're like, oh my God, we use our legs and feet? And I'm like, yes, we use your entire body. <laughs> More awesome. tools, less limitations. And they're like, but this isn't, this isn't massage. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> mm. one, thing, one thing I have been getting into a lot is table tie. Yeah. Um, and I really like the integration. I would love to see, because I saw the, the PDF you have on tie massage. And I already looked at that. Do you have one on table tie? Yeah. Do you have something that you've been, I saw that you have some, some teachings on it. Um, yeah, so the easiest way is, one, if you go to my website, there's stuff in the store. You can buy the workbook and DVD. Um, if you On my YouTube channel, if you look, um, just go look up Table Time Massage, Robert Gardner. There's a free two-hour live stream we did last night. Four camera angles, filtered oh, wow. audio, and I put the anatomy up on the screen live. So I was talking about levator scapular trapezius and showing that. Um, and I'm going to do go through repeated iterations. Like I had somebody write me, because I'm very dedicated mat-based, by the way, as a practitioner. But I keep teaching the table, and people are like, oh, you know, thank you for teaching the table. I know you're not, you know. And I'm like, I mean, it's kind of like making cars, but then fighting the bicycle. I'm like, no, it's just a what deal, way of dealing with transportation. We just want something that's more effective. That's all. It's not... It's like, it's cool. take a walk. If that's what you want to do, like, it does a different thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, even on Google Maps, they gave me the, you ever do the direct, you're driving and you put it on the walking distance and you're like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> it's like that. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of different tools. We just want to give people more tools so they can get where they're going. A lot of people feel like I resist the table and it's like, no, I resist your cultural hegemony that will allow nothing else. That's what I resist. Your culturally hegemonic worldview. Take that. Your table privilege. Well, the thing is, in Austin, and I just I focus on my city, you cannot get a job doing what I teach at any facility that does massage in our city. Period. End of story. You cannot. If you want to do what I teach, you must work for yourself. And that makes me a little bit of an outcast, a bit of a pariah. And I'm like, yes, 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 let's talk about Jesus, let's talk about Socrates, let's talk about some of these fundamental models I dealt with, but that doesn't mean it's not right. It doesn't mean it's not truthful. It doesn't mean, you know, I've been working 18 years. My hands are fine. Like, my clients love what I do, and a handful of students love what I do. But the more you rise, big signals online. Even if the video isn't perfect, even if the audio isn't perfect, even if this podcast was destroyed... I just didn't do it right, didn't connect Zoom, whatever. We keep doing it repeatedly, and it's like more eyeballs means more people don't like something. Like, I can't, I can't find anybody in human history who's done anything of any real effect 
who didn't have people who did not like them. Like, in fact, if everybody likes you, I'm kind of like, I don't know about that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I agree. There's got to, you know, you're not, what is it? You're not doing, you're not being passionate enough if you don't have haters. If you don't have people who oppose what you do and who love what you do, you're not putting yourself out there enough because they're going to, they're going to come. You're going to come and give me people. Yeah, I just mean you know, I talk, Yeah. I said this to all massage therapists, too. There are people who are not going to like your massage. Yeah. And it's fine. Not everyone has good taste. People people who I have not met having opinions about me. And I'm like, who are you? Like, dude, you've never even sat down and had a beer with me. You're, like, you're making all these assumptions because you saw a video and I said something you didn't like. It's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I agree. Cool. So, um, uh, technology. What What do you see? Let, let's give it a timeline. So it's 2021, which completely blows my mind, by the way. Uh, yeah. 2021. What does 2031 look like? Ten Jeez. years. Ten years. I remember thinking. I remember thinking when I was younger, 2008 was such a futuristic number. <laughs> Just first of all, <laughs> I was like, that seems like something from a movie. Um, in the year 2008, but, uh, 2031, honestly, I think there's going to be a lot more, we're going to see a lot more automation as far as, um, kind of places to go, places to go where there's like a few, um, like concierges or something like that. Like if you're talking about spas, there's going to be, there's probably going to be some sort of robo spa. You go in, it's going to be like the, you know, the cheap uh, spot. It's going to be the cheap spot you pay. You know, you have a twenty-dollar membership. You can go in there and get the get the massage gun rubbed down, uh, just with a machine. You just lay on the table, it just like zips over you. Um, it's going to be like all the different spa accoutrements. But for massage therapists, they're going to become. Uh, I feel like more specialized. I feel like. Um, the bar is going to be a little bit higher and you're going to have to be a bit more knowledgeable or a bit more niche in what you want to do to work on people. Um, or you go to their house. Uh, it's going to be a lot more mobile massage. You know, we're seeing a lot more home delivery, um, home therapists and everything. I think that 2031 is going to see, uh, you know, maybe a, and who knows? Who knows? Maybe the therapist will be able to, you know, they'll have something in their brain. They'll be scheduling their next appointments or posting online uh, what they're seeing through their eye as they're massaging someone. You know, who knows what kind of technology will happen, like contact lenses that will be filming everything. Um, it's going to be crazy. I think that the best thing that people can do is remain adaptable. Yeah. Like if you stay hard and fast in what you're doing, um, you're going to be left behind. Well, one of the things I've seen with businesses, and I'll use Walmart as an example. Walmart had a huge infrastructure of real estate, physical buildings, shipping, uh, trucking, to like move stuff around America. Did they see Amazon coming? No. And the thing is, you rest on your laurels and business gets eaten. Things change. The yeah. technology develops. Automation is not going away. 
automation will continue. Um, what I call them are niche bodywork services, artisanal bodywork services, specialized, localized. You know, I went, okay, our industry is table-based, people get an hour. I'm like, I'm going to work on chronic pain, mobility, clothes on, mat base for three hours. Let's do that. I'll see two clients a day. Massage therapist said, you can't, that's impossible. And I'm like, uh, I think you're wrong. And my bank account says so. Like, it works. I don't even need a huge amount of clients because the sessions are three hours long. So it might not be what everybody wants to do, but artisanal bodywork services, something that stands out in the marketplace. Like I bought some chocolate the other day. I'd like to advertise the company, but I don't remember their name. I haven't got my chocolate yet. And it was like, man, it was like chocolate that was from this specific Ecuadorian strain of cacao that's almost extinct. And then they got hippies collecting it in the moonlight, you know, at the equinox and then, you know, fermenting it and turning it into chocolate. Because I wanted a chocolate bar that had a story. <laughs> and it's just chocolate. But I was so taken with the artisanal artistry craftsman thing that I was like, that's kind of what I want to do in body work. And I think that's where some of the industry is going. I was never, as a massage therapist, going to beat Massage Envy at their game. Never. Not as an individual. You and I can't compete with Massage Envy on price, but I can offer a service that Massage Envy dare not deliver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, take advantage of the system, you know. So if you have a competition doing one thing and you can't beat them in it, you're right. It's the unique experience that people want. And that's what I try to do with my massages, make each massage a unique experience that someone has. Um, and people love that. They, you know, they love the integration of techniques that they say they can't get anywhere else. Um, and it's, that's, you're right, that's exactly where the future's going. It's like you can have... You can have the chocolate bar. You can buy it at Walmart anytime. But having that unique chocolate bar that you can tell, you can give your guests or give your friends and say, like, you know, this is this is an experience because of the story behind it. Yeah. Um, because of where it comes from. I think that that is. You aware of S Simon Sinek? Yeah. Yep. It says hey, good people. It, good leaders eat last. Or? Yeah. People buy why you do what you do. Not what you do. They don't buy. They don't buy what you yeah. do. They buy why you do it. They don't buy what you yeah. do. They buy why you do it. It's like pulling into people's like beliefs, pulling on their emotional like heartstrings. Yeah. And in a marketplace full, yeah, of I always tell my clients like, when people buy, when people pay for a massage from you, they're yeah, they're paying it for you. They're not. They want the massage from you. They don't necessarily just want a massage. Like, they can't buy trust. You can't put a price on trust. You can't put a price on peace of mind. Um, you can't put a price on reliability. Uh, all of those are intrinsic value that is included in with what you give. At least they should be. Artisanal bodywork services, more connection 
with the therapists. There's all this stuff that can be added on around the service. Like, I've noticed um, a lot of therapists are getting into cupping. They kind of want some additional stuff to kind of add some frills to their sessions. Um, I think creating online courses for clients as, like, follow-up stuff uh, is a great way, either showing them self-massage or if it's legal in your state, like, exercise they can do to supplement what you're doing in session. Adding those layers of professionalism. I mean, online courses didn't exist 20 years ago. They're new. They're new. They've not even even been standardized. Um, yeah. In addition to those artisanal, you know, bodywork services, I think the ongoing onslaught of social media production to be able to draw people into your story, to be able to connect with clients, to be able to follow up with clients. Um, I told some therapists, I talk about social media marketing class a lot. And I said, listen, does the client follow you on Instagram? I'm like, why don't you send them an Instagram message in video after the session and say, Josh, listen, it was great working with you. I hope your shoulder feels better. Um, I just wanted to check in with you real quick and find out how you're doing. Uh, when you're ready to schedule, I'm gonna leave a link in here in your Instagram or whatever. Um, cause you didn't, we didn't rebook immediately or whatever it is. And the idea of like checking in with your client via video, people were like, Oh my God, I never, I never thought about that. And it's like, guys, this is new. There's ways of using this. I haven't even considered because it hasn't like dawned on me yet. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's quite a bit of creativity. I think left in the old think bank as yeah. far as like stuff we haven't, how we have an integrated technology, and it's happening in other in- industries. People just haven't brought it into massage as much. Yeah. Um, but I do have to go soon. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've got like five minutes. So, <laughs> so um, again, I think what we'll have you do but before we end, uh, can you tell them a little bit more about where they can contact you? I think the links are down below. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if you want to contact me, uh, there's the links below. You can check out my website, thegear.biz. Um, you can look me up online or on Facebook and add me and send me a message if you're interested in business coaching or massage therapists or other body work. Uh, and my last name is Degear. It's D-E-E-G-E-A-R. And um, Or you can join our group, like the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. We're always happy to have new people. It's an awesome little community with, uh, I don't know, just a lot of people having a good time and talking about different techniques or different kind of uh, mindsets that are successful and will make you happy as a therapist. Um, I'm also going to be releasing a book soon. I didn't mention that before. Um, I'm still writing it, still working on it, um, but it's going to be called The Five Mountains. It's going to become my philosophy foundation for coaching. So it's kind of fun. Uh, nice. I might send you a copy. Nice. But, uh, uh, where's it going to yeah. be available? Is it going to be up on like Amazon or? Yep. Yep. So I'm probably going to release it as a Kindle, um, kind of a paperback or hardback book. And I'm also thinking about doing an audiobook. I love audiobooks. Yeah. So yeah. it would be fantastic to do that. Cool. Cool. So yeah, listen, um, if you have specific ideas for like future podcasts, something you want to cover, just contact me and like, let me know. Um, I'm still working on the software and whatever else, you know, again, 80% is plenty good enough. I just keep going. 
Um, but I'll be happy yeah. to t talk about technology or anything, uh, especially when your book comes out. If you want to promote it again, just let me know. Uh, it's been really oh, yeah. great talking with you, Eric. And if there's anything I can do for you in the future, yeah. just let me know. I'm going to go ahead and okay. uh, close down. You guys, again, can find me online, wherever you are. I'm happy to uh, chat with you. You can download a free uh, time massage workbook on my website. You can also check out here on YouTube some of that free CE credit we were giving out. But thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. All right. Thanks.